Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Okay, amen, and I'm happy to be in the house here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're about to go live with Wednesday Warriors, our next session. We're getting ready to go live on Facebook and Periscope. Are y'all ready in Tulsa? Yes. Because I'm ready. Yes, 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 yes. We've got some great stuff we're going to discuss. I'm going to keep us moving forward in Chapter 7 because people swear it's going to take us a whole year to get through every chapter. Not so. Not so in Jesus' name. Just to see the 
And then you have to be what? Baptized by the water and the word. Okay? To enter. The water and the spirit, rather, to enter. So if you don't get in the water and the spirit of God, you cannot enter the kingdom. And I'm encountering a lot, a lot, a lot of people who have been in church 20 and 30 and 40 years who have never entered the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God has never entered them. And you know how I know? Here's what has been my limit test. I asked him to tell me. So tell me about your encounter with Jesus Christ. How did you encounter the Lord Jesus Christ? And you know what they start with? This is how I know that I'm dealing with the churchian and not a Christian. Because they start their story saying this. I grew up in church. I went to church with a grandmother. My aunt took me to a service. I always went. I remember being on a bench and swinging my feet in the pew at two and three and four, six or nine and twelve years old. Wonderful. Doesn't it sound great? I broke in church. I had a great time. I served. I volunteered. I did great things. I was on the usher board. I did all of that. Yes, that's wonderful, but I didn't ask you where you went to church. I asked you what your encounter was with Jesus Christ. And if you have a real encounter with Jesus Christ, it's something that you don't forget. It's not a story that you flop over. Because when this man comes in, you enter your life, and to enter your heart and soul, he leaves an influence on He makes an impact on you. And I'm discovering that we have a lot more people who have grown up in church and never have met the Lord. And he will kindly say, like he said in the scripture, thank you for your service, thank you for being on that usher board and showing up every Sunday, but depart from me because I never do you. Your church knew you. Your pastor knew you. Oh, come on. Your girlfriend that you went with every Sunday knew you. Uh-huh. But Jesus Christ himself never entered you. He never mixed with your DNA. He never mixed with your nature. He never mixed with your character. His spirit never took over your life. And how do we know? Because they, they, they don't have an active prayer life. They don't have an active word life. They don't have an active worship life. They're still highly uncomfortable engaging and talking to God, knowing what to do, how to encounter or deal with his spirit, because you're on the outside. When you're on the inside, the Holy Spirit says he is our comforter and El Cristo is coming alongside that means the people help you. The Holy Spirit helps you to make intercessions. The Holy Spirit helps you to understand God's word. The Holy Spirit helps you to know Jesus Christ. But he's got to be in there in order for him to connect you to that station, to that world, to that world. He's got to be in there and not outside of there. And many people appreciate Jesus Christ, have a wonderful experience with Jesus Christ, but in all fairness, to, to you uh, and to them, come on in here. The church cannot bring you into the kingdom. They can bring you to the altar, but they take Jesus Christ receiving you to come into the kingdom. And that's something we don't preach anymore. We preach that you can just sling a prayer and be okay. But Jesus Christ said in the scripture that he reveals the Father to whom he will. That as many as will believe on him, he gives them the right to become sons of God or children of God. Depending on which you got your friends, you know, we got 55 translations running around here. Is that all right to say? He has to receive you. 
And he, and he receives you not on the basis of just your asking. He receives you on the basis of your readiness to change. When you're ready to change, then he knows that he can receive you. And that you're ready to be a member of his kingdom, a member of his nation, a citizen in his world. Say, not to call the world at a church. You can show up in any church you want to, but you have to change and be transformed to become an active, functioning, thriving citizen of God's world. There has to be a conversion. There has to be a conformity. There has to be a transformation. Because they're not like us. Oh, come on. Jesus came saying, I'm not from this world. Did he not? What does that, that indicate? That his world is not like this one. We don't operate like this one. We don't move like this one. We don't have these issues. We don't deal with each other this way. We don't communicate all this stuff. I'm going to another place. I'm not from here. I'm from above. He kept telling you and identifying where he was from to distinguish how the two worlds were operating. Because the reason that he came, which is what we've been talking about with the archetypes and the prototypes, the reason why he came is to make us the same. Oh, come on. That we would be one as he and his father are one. That we would be the same as they are all the same. When he said we would be like the angels, he said you'll be one with us because we're all the same. But you have got to want to be the same as Jesus Christ in order to make that kind of decision. And many of us have been told that if they don't learn to learn back to Jesus Christ, that his love is not the objective of salvation. It's his life. Getting his life on the inside of you. A feeling will not bring somebody back from the dead. We have a lot of loved ones sitting in the grave. A lot of people we love who died and our love did not bring that person back. But Jesus Christ came that you might have life and have that life more abundantly. He came to give us something eternal. Are we all right in the flood? Yeah. He didn't come for those reasons. And because we're focusing on the wrong objective, we have a lot of people who are literally uh, uh, pledging their lives or taking their lives, okay, on the wrong thing. This is not about just a list of, of, of tasks and activities that you can do inside of a church building. This is about you being changed in your nature, taking on a divine nature. Peter said that we are what first partakers of the divine nature. How can you be one with God? He's divine. You're human. How can we be one if we don't take on his nature? How can we be called children if we have nothing in common with his nature? Oh, y'all all right? Yeah. See? So you, the church experience is wonderful. We need church because church is what gives you the access point. We talked about portals last time. The church is a portal to give you an access point to take advantage of your divine life and purposes while you are here. So when God says you're going to have love, joy, peace, and the Holy Ghost, that is the kingdom of God. He has places and agencies to supply that to you. So make sure that you experience that in him. And the church is an agency to see to it that God can fulfill his covenant promise to you as a new creation member of his kingdom. Are we all right? Yeah. Is that okay to say? I'll just give you an opportunity. We got some things to cover today. I want you to go ahead and share, 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 and officially welcome you to Before the Garden God's Eternal Continuum. Okay, we're studying the book written by our one and only favorite author, Dr. Paula Price. If you don't have your
angry at the book, at least you have information to make a choice. Because Jesus came to give you a choice, not to, not to make you a slave to his will. Oh, y'all all right? He said that whosoever will, let us come. So he's not taking you captive and forcing you into heaven. He's giving you everything that you needed to know about him to make a choice, make an informed choice about why you do or do not want to live your life with him forevermore. Y'all all right in the place? Yeah. So get your copy up before the garden. And if you already have it, let's take it out. And we're going to do chapter 7 today. We're going to define simultaneity. We're going to talk a little bit about what she said about synchronicity. And then we're going to get right on into talking about God. Because Dr. Price, if you go away, yeah. I want you to know something's going away. Yeah. And y'all going to be going away in a minute. So you want to make sure that you have your journal. Okay, if you don't, make sure you have your journal so that you can take notes tonight and keep this information and make these connections that you need to understand how this works for you. Amen? So that's important for you to make those connections. So we've got a lot of great things happening in the warrior world and in the warrior nation. We've been talking about our war plans this week. How many of you guys were able to take command over your emotions? Amen? Yes, and not allow them to cost you your destiny. All right, because a lot of times we back out of things and we, we step off way too soon before God can look. Isn't it true? Yeah. And you allow frustration to drive you out of your destined place. Amen? Yeah. And allow your emotions to cause you to lose your destiny. And Lord knows there's so many scripture patterns in which they allow their emotions to cost them their destiny. Amen? So make sure this week as you're staying focused, go back if you have not Visit the update on the Warrior Women Warrior Book Club. There's a lot of great information on there. We also did part three of our con man gospel. How many of y'all like the charm? Uh-huh. How many of y'all can say charm is truly deceitful? Oh, yeah. And maybe that beauty is vain. But I'll tell you what, I'll be the woman that fears the Lord. That will be great. I place my name in the gate for fearing God. But the charm message. Yeah, tell me about got a few lucky charms in our life. <laughs> hey. They said they had them. I don't know. What do y'all think, Sarah? Did you have them? Okay, some charms. If you haven't had a chance to read the Con Man Gospel Part 3, we're talking about how the world can charm you out of your salvation. And they do so well by what? Coming through the doorway of your admiration. And we all admire people. Miss Elaine and I were having a conversation today about one of the ways that they charm us by what? Letting us, by really bringing us into the uh, uh, platforms or outlets of their world, okay, through the doorway of our gifts and abilities. Well, you can challenge to be singing at the church. Mm-hmm. Isn't it true? Okay? You can challenge to be singing at a church. You too gifted to be that. You need to be out here. You need to be in front of the world. Well, you can use your gift to, to save others. Right, so after you slither all over the floor, slide your behind around every crazy thing you can name, then you can go and say, oh, by the way, post-grip, I'm a Christian. And keep walking up. That's what you can do. So they deceive us into thinking that you're able to go in and the enemy loves to lure Christians into the world of darkness under the guise that they're going to bring the light. You know why they have challenges bringing the light into the world of darkness and why that's a snake on us? Why? Y'all want to know why? Because they're more than they are you. That's why we don't win that battle. Because you're going in there with a flashlight into a, into a lit 
That's what we don't understand. We think that it was just about serving religion and redemption and salvation and rules and regulations out of the throat. No, it was about giving you the right to choose. Because in the garden, after they ate, they had no more choice. They became slaves of darkness. The enemy took them captive without giving giving them an option to choose. He didn't say, hey, I'll be fair. Here's the good. And then the evil. No, no. He took over their world. He took over their dominion. He took over their mandate to, to, to subdue the earth, to be fruitful and multiply. He took over that mandate and began to replicate after himself. Oh, y'all with me in the place. Y'all all right? Come on and share tonight. We're going someplace. We're going to do chapter 7. Y'all need to let your friends know right now to get on tonight on Wednesday morning. Say, come on, y'all need to know this. Because too many of us are being duped by these unclean forces and being duped by this gospel. Oh, come on here. Being duped by this gospel that is trying to make us believe that the enemy really won this day. And we don't think that he came up with the whole gospel to keep you captive. And it's constantly working that over in your psyche on a regular basis. Is it true? Yes, he is. So, Read the content gospel, read about the John, and then you guys will become more aware of the way in which the world is always trying to seduce you. Okay? All the ways they're trying to teach you out of your own salvation. And that's why I tell you all the time, ask questions. Don't just be ready to believe everything they say or to defend everything that they say about you. Because they keep you on the defense trying to prove them wrong while they're taking you away from your life, the standards of your God. They're taking you away from that while they have you on the defense. We're no longer, thanks to the Apostle and Christ, we no longer have to fight their fight. We no longer have to do this argument their way. We no longer have to allow them to control the narrative about our God, which is what they've been doing. Because we've been uneducated. We've been ignorant. We have faith and we have love, but we haven't had knowledge to defend ourselves. <laughs> We've had all of those things, but no knowledge to defend ourselves. Is that all I can say tonight? So, check out Wednesday Warriors. We have something else great coming up before I jump into Chapter 7 officially, and that is June is right around the corner. <laughs> June is right around the corner, so we have Social Prophetic Training Institute coming your way. And I believe that that's June uh, 20, the 15th, right? 21st. I was going to say, you used to do that. 
faith if you are going to maintain something. Now, if you just want to perform for a minute, praise God. You can just come in and do it. But if you want to maintain, you've got to have the education. So please join us in June. We're also going to be using that to introduce and launch officially Christ in the University, which is going to be going live in September. Yes, we Yeah. <laughs> 
we have a lot. Come on, somebody tell me it ain't in there. Why? If they did not know Jesus Christ. They did not. He said it was a mystery of God and there was hate between Jesus Christ and God. Mm-hmm. Only the God had to repeat and said it was a mystery hate before time began. That they were going to come this way. So nobody can tell you about Holy Ghost. Nobody can tell you about body of no They can only tell you about an afterlife and a reincarnation and a born again experience and another work. Well, that's all the stuff that they knew. That's the only thing that he knew. He did not know how Jesus Christ was going to come and actually save your soul. He didn't know that he was going to literally upgrade you and make you an authority over him. Give you back the key that Adam gave up. He said, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. Oh, come on. See, Adam didn't know he had the keys to the kingdom. All right. So let's talk about that. In this section, she talks about how God is imposing earth, heaven's time and heaven's agenda on earth. And how he designated every element to have the responsibility of luxury men to be made in the time of the Lord. So he imported creation to guarantee his victory. So before Adam made the move and, and made the decision to plunge the earth into darkness, creation was already encoded to restore it back. To Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's why the book of Revelation should be written at a time when it was. John is up there at the end of time. And Jesus was time on earth just come through. Or the age of Jesus Christ was just getting started, and yet John is already at the end talking about all the things in creation that are about to pop off. Mm-hmm. This is coming. This will be destroyed. The earth is going to do this. The moon is going to do that. What? Pre-code. It was pre-code in creation. That at the appointed time, that moon is going to turn to blood. The blood is going to fall out of the sky. This earthquake is going to happen. Disease is going to run rampant. Come on here. And COVID and creation. So God's times are already appointed. Time is on assignment to teach you it that it literally moves forward and propels his agenda of reconciliation. Time, time assignment is to bring about the commission, fulfillment of the commission of Jesus Christ, which wasn't just to get the gospel to all the world, but Jesus' commission was to reconcile heaven and earth, to bring us back and to the same place. Y'all with me? So that was the assignment of God. Which is why he said, time in the hands of the Father is an instrument, it's a being on a split. It works on his payroll like everybody else. And it's number one job, as Dr. Price pointed out, it's number one job when he entered the planet was to do what? Expel darkness. Simultaneity's job is to push along the event that will expel or end the era of darkness. Darkness' era started when? When did darkness' era start? When did darkness enter into creation? In heaven. So darkness' first okay, time of appearance was in heaven. When it was found in Lucifer. So when we go back to the book of Genesis, right? 
on the earth. Oh, the 
I love you all. I'll talk with you next Wednesday.
tonight? Y'all seem sleepy. Was I was I boring? We were thinking. You were processing. I have to ask.